You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The Optimal Performance Podcast is brought to you by Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks makes 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more on achieving optimal physical and mental performance, visit naturalstacks.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. In some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage. Natural stack. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right, happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncie. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. As always, I'm excited to bring you this week's guest. This week, we are joined by one of the co-founders of Kettle and Fire, Mr. Justin Mayers. Justin, thanks for hanging out with us. So what we've decided to do for you guys this week is employ Kettle and Fire and Justin's expertise to bring you the ultimate guide to bone broth. Um, I'm a huge fan of making it myself. I know a lot of our listeners are. Um, so this is going to serve as a guide for how-to, some troubleshooting, all kinds of tips, the benefits if you're new to bone broth, A to Z, everything you need to know right here. Um, at the end of the show, we're going to give you a special discount code from Kettle and Fire where you guys can save 15% on their pre-made bone broth. Um, so before we dig into all that stuff, a couple of housekeeping notes. As always, go to naturalstacks.com. You guys will be able to see the video version of this. This week, we're breaking it up into segments so that it almost reads as a recipe. You'll be able to see each component of how you're making bone broth in these videos. Uh, You'll also be able to click on any links and resources, visit the Kettle and Fire website, get the link to grab their product. Any other links and resources that we talk about will be there. Also, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show, um, what else am I not telling you guys? Make sure you go to Natural Stacks and sign up for our newsletter. Every Sunday we're publishing research from around the, the whole spectrum of health, fitness, neuroscience, paleo lifestyle, all that good stuff. Right now we are giving away a free bottle of Siltep every week when you sign up there. So look for that across the bottom of our website. Finally, share the Optimal Performance Podcast. Please help us spread the word and reach other people just like you who can benefit from and and optimize their life by listening to this show. All right, I'm going to stop talking. Justin's going to start telling us how to make brome broth. Before we do that, Justin, give us a quick background on on you guys, Kettle and Fire. Uh, What made you guys decide to, to create a bone broth company? Totally. So I have been paleo for about five years now. And so uh, my co-founder is also my brother. And I was looking, you know, I'd I'd sold a company previously and I was looking for kind of what I wanted to do next. And around this time, I was looking at some different ideas. Uh, Nick, my brother, he basically tore like everything in his left knee. He just had a really, really bad knee injury uh, that he suffered playing soccer. And so he was bedridden after surgery for about five weeks and was looking for foods that could help him with recovery. And that's when I suggested bone broth, went to buy some for him online, and like literally no one was making it. You know, and this was two years ago almost now. And so, uh, okay. and so that's when I was like, cool, we should do this. You know what I mean? And 
Yeah, France has been crazy since then. So you guys have the first shelf-stable bone broth, is that correct? Yeah, so we have the, the first and only shelf-stable bone broth product. Okay, all right, very cool. So yeah. um, if anybody was interested, where you guys are selling it, obviously at your website, but you're also on Thrive Market, right? Yeah, so it's on our website, kettleandfire.com. We're also on Thrive Market. We're in select Whole Foods through the Rocky Mountain region and the Pacific Northwest, uh, and then slowly moving into more retail stores. Okay. So that's so the game plan for this year is like be able to buy Kettle and Fire, whatever grocery store is closest to you. <laughs> All right. So, so now let's talk about it. A lot of people make this themselves. Um, before we really get into how to make it, let's talk about some of these benefits. You already mentioned recovery. Um, tell us some more of the benefits uh, of bone broth. Yeah, so I think that bone broth has a really interesting and incredibly useful uh, health profile that you don't get in a lot of other foods. So if you look at you know even even guys like like me that eat pretty well, we're paleo, you know, a lot of times we're eating vegetables or meat that's like just cut off the bone. And so what you're missing a lot of times is you're missing a lot of the different amino acids that you get in the bone marrow connective tissue and in the actual bones themselves, uh, which you know, causes a lot of problems. And so it is quite possible, and I would say even probable, that a lot of people that eat well do not have a great amino acid pro- like profile. You know, mm-hmm. and this is a common problem in America. You know, omega six to omega three ratios are just all over the place. They're terrible, whatever. And so, bone broth is a really good way to get a lot of these amino acids and a lot of these healthy proteins back into your diet in a way that's really simple and doesn't involve you gnawing on a bone like you know like a dog or something like that <laughs> okay um, so we've got recovery um, I'll throw a couple out there that I know and then you kind of maybe elaborate on them tell us how sure. bone broth can, can can impact these so you know uh, we could start with joint health uh, that's one that you know uh, you, you probably have some experience with that with your brother yeah definitely. So bone broth, you know, one of the one of the many key nutrients and things that makes it so valuable as a health food is it has a lot of what's called glycosaminoglycans or GAGs, which is like to get all nerdy technical on you, uh, you know. And one of the most famous of the family of GAGs is glucosamine, which is a supplement that surgeons and doctors literally prescribe today to people that walk out of surgery, and they say, "Here, you know, take glucosamine supplements; it'll help you with your joint and recovery." Mm-hmm. And so bone broth, there's a ton of glucosamine present in bone broth naturally. And what glucosamine does is it helps rebuild the connective tissue in your joints. You know, like the, um, the stuff that makes your joints not crush together, you know, <laughs> get stuck or like work like gears or anything like that. It kind of adds the proteins that make your joints work together smoothly. And so, uh, you know, glucosamine, glycine, uh, glutamine and the like all are present in high concentrations in bone broth, and they all really help reduce joint pain uh, and especially inflammation, which causes a lot of issues with, in terms of joints. I'm glad you brought up GAGs. Um, I, I find that like the worst possible acronym for, for what they are, <laughs> especially talking about trying to get them from food, right? You don't want to gag on this stuff. But <laughs> yeah. um, you said glucosamine, uh, chondroitin is another one, and then even hyaluronic acid is in that family, yep. and that's present in bone broth, right? Mm-hmm. Completely. And that's another one that you see that in a lot of beauty products for, you know, uh, skin firming and, and recovery that way. Yeah, completely. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also really interesting. I mean, I think that there's this whole idea in health foods where, you know, if, you're, if a certain part of your body is ailing you, like you eat that part of an animal, 
and it leads to recovery. And that's kind of an ancient wisdom, I guess you could say, that I think you see in bow broth. You know, it also yeah. applies, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I can say that from, from making it myself and seeing, you know, in, in certain bones, that connective tissue between, you know, articulating joints is still there, you know, and you're, that's what you're yeah. talking about. And it, it does. It makes sense that, like, I'm taking that raw material from another animal and going to break it down and then digest it and assimilate it. And it's going to make that for me. Completely. Yeah. And, you know, there are studies that have shown that people that take these, uh, that take supplements like collagen and gag supplements, they, it strongly decreases their osteoarthritis pain, which, uh, which I think is a really interesting area of study is, you know, the role that these amino acids play in terms of human health and performance outside of just the macros of like, what is protein, carbohydrates, whatever, you yeah. know? I'm, it's a perfect segue into the next thing because you already mentioned glycine and glutamine. Those are really key and crucial for digestion as well. Yes, completely. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting research around glycine specifically, around how it helps with the digestion and synthesis, especially of meat proteins. Have, have you seen any of this research? Um, possibly. I read so much. It, I know. It's hard to keep <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so granted, you know, I would be on top of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is your thing, man. Be the expert. <laughs> Own it. Yeah. So, um, so there's, there's a lot of really interesting research coming out about how glycine and gelatin, you know, both of which are in bone broth, um, glycine specifically are required for the synthesis of glutathione and uric acid, which are really important antioxidants that the body makes. Mm -hmm. And what these do is they help clear out what's something called a excess meth methionine, yeah. which basically builds up. Um, yep. It basically builds up when you eat a lot of eggs or muscle meat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what happens then, and the negative part of all of this uh, methionine building up, is that it leads to high homocysteine, which is a huge risk factor. Mm -hmm heart disease. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's some interesting research and theses thrown out where they're saying, you know, did people evolve to eat glycine, to eat gelatin with meat so that this sort of buildup wouldn't occur? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you nailed that. And that, that is the research that I'd seen as soon as you, you mentioned methionine and the homocysteine, because a couple of weeks ago, we had Dr. Russell Jaffe on the show, and he talked about his eight predictive biomarkers that you need to track. And, and I forget which number it was, maybe number three, but that doesn't matter. But it was homocysteine and, and making sure that that stays low. Um, so if we can drink something as awesome as bone broth and have all of these other benefits, but at the same time, lower homocysteine, I mean, that's just awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think it's so fascinating to see, uh, you know, the more we learn about nutrition, the role that a lot of these micronutrients and amino acids play in overall health, you know, because because the old kind of thing used to be, oh, eat a steak as long as your macros are good, as long as your protein is good, yeah, you're going to be healthy. But now we're starting to see, you know, what is the downside of eating so much so much protein without the amino acids that can help digest it, right? And you know, I think that this could be an interesting potential key in terms of like why do some studies that are done on vegetarians versus meat eaters come back where meat eaters have higher rates of heart disease? You know, could one of the reasons be that these meat eaters are not, you know, not, they're eating bad meats from factory farmed animals and they're not right. getting any sort of amino acids to balance out their meat intake? 
It's interesting. I've, I've always heard the argument that it was low quality meat, but I haven't heard the one about not getting the glycine to, to clear out the methionine and, and homocysteine. So mm-hmm. very cool. Very cool. Um, so we got digestion, we got detox, we got joint health. Just to clarify one thing, you mentioned gelatin. So for people listening, gelatin and collagen are kind of used interchangeably, but the truth is collagen is is the raw form. Gelatin is cooked collagen. Am I correct? Yep, exactly. So collagen breaks down into gelatin while you cook it. So the more collagen, and, and we'll talk about this later as we talk about kind of troubleshooting, um, but the more collagen you have in the bones that you use for your broth, the more gelatin, the thicker that bone broth, the finished product is, right? Completely. Yeah. And so you'll see this, you know, if you go to the store today and you buy a beef stock or a beef broth or something, you put it in the fridge and you pour it out and it's still water. It's still liquid, you know, whereas our product, if you buy it, put it in the fridge, it comes out and it's like gooping out like a jello. You know what I mean? Because all of the gelatin has kind of congealed because there's a ton of that in our product. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So then uh, other benefits, uh, minerals? Yeah. So calcium, magnesium, you know, it's relatively high in those, um, which, you know, which is fantastic. Uh, also helps with general, as you might imagine, bone health, yeah. <laughs> joint health. Yeah. Uh, marrow is another thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. completely. So tell us why marrow is, is crucial and, and awesome. You know, bone marrow is incredibly high in fats that your body needs. I mean, you, you put a, a small spoonful of that stuff in your mouth and you can tell mm-hmm. it's almost all fat. Mm-hmm. And it's all really good fats. And so it contains you know, tons of omega-3s, as you might expect, uh, but also polyphenols, which help with cleaning out, I believe it's polyphenols, um, which uh, help with basically antioxidant, you know, cleansing the system, um, helps with performance and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, the marrow is my favorite part of making bone broth. So yeah. you, know, you get that, you can see it when you put the bone in, uh, to start making it and you see it and you're like, man, in, in 24 or however long you do it in this many hours, it's going to be ready. And then most yeah. of the time it falls out, but you can go in there with like a fork or a spoon and you can just get that last oh. little bit that's hanging on. And you just, it's like, it's like an oyster. Like it's that pearl of just goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know. It's so good. Yeah. I just eat it plain or, you know, <laughs> do whatever with it. It's yeah. just delicious. That does not go with all my other bone broth. That gets eaten right away. So, <laughs> yeah, I assume you roast it or something like that. I use a crock pot. Okay, cool. So, Do you ever just roast the bones themselves and then scoop out the bone marrow and then cook the rest? I haven't. Um, I, I've heard, and I know a lot of restaurants do that. Like, especially yeah. there's there's some really cool restaurants around where you know they incorporate a butcher shop into the restaurant. They have the machinery to be able to saw those like like take a yep. femur, saw it in half, roast it, and. Uh, that's, I don't have that machinery in my kitchen, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. So give us, um, if, if you're on the blog now, we're going to split it into video number two. We're going to look at the recipe side of this. So how would we make, what, what are the best practices to make bone broth at home? Yeah. So bone broth, I mean, at its core, it's, it's pretty easy to make bone broth. It just takes a long time. So, uh, you know, so I found it always difficult to make, but just because for timing, I travel, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the core, you just take really, really high quality ingredients. So, you know, organic vegetables, a couple organic spices, and bones, the most important part of the entire thing, <laughs> right. you know, and then you put them in 
in, a, in water along with an acid, usually lemon juice or an apple cider vinegar. And you cook it for, depending on, on what type of bones you're using, somewhere between you know, 8 and 48 hours. And so for us, you know, uh, the way I like to make it and the way, the way we make it at Kettle and Fire is we use apple cider vinegar, we use all organic ingredients, and we use bones from 100% grass-fed cattle. And those three things are really important. So on the bone side, you know, grass-fed, we all know that's really important for better omega you know, ratios, um, better for not having a bunch of toxins and stuff like that that get into the marrow, that get into the joints, that get into the, the bones themselves. Right. Um, and so that's why it's really important to source very, very high-quality bones. Yeah, especially since since we are consuming the the fat. I mean, we know that yeah. toxins and, and all the nasty stuff are, are bioaccumulated and stored in our fat cells. So yep. if the fattier the cut of meat, or in this case, the bone and the broth, the more important it is that that, that animal was incredibly healthy. Completely. Yeah, completely. And so, uh, so that's why it's really important to source really healthy bones. And then... Uh, or sorry, bones from not healthy bones, but, but bones, bones from healthy ants. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then you know, organic ingredients. And then the other two key pieces, which people can sometimes mess up, is using an acid. So an acid will help the bones break down. So you get you know whether that's lemon juice or apple cider vinegar, it will help the bones break down so that you get a lot more of the nutrients and a lot more of the the connective tissue breaking down, a lot more of the collagen breaking down into gelatin, all of that. And then the cook times is the last really important part. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, when would we cook shorter? When would we cook longer? Sure. So, in general, kind of rule of thumb is, you know, beef bones, you want to cook the longest because uh, they're, they're thicker. You know, as you can imagine, they, they have to be thicker. They have to be more resilient to support the weight of the heavier animal. And so, the, the thinner and, you know, smaller that the animal is, like chicken is kind of your, your second, and then fish, you can only cook you know, two, three hours, and a lot of times those bones will just straight up disappear. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the cook time really depends on the types of bones that you're using, but it's really important, especially if you're making beef bone broth, to cook for very long periods of time. So we always suggest at least 24, you know, often up to 30, 40 hours in order to get the bones breaking down as, as much as possible. And the more the bones break down, the more minerals you get into that final product, right? Yeah, the more minerals, you know, the more the collagen breaks down into gelatin, uh, you know, just the more the bones actually make their way into the broth as, a, as opposed to, uh, you know, just staying within the bone. Okay. Um, so you already, you talked about the acids, which, which I think is cool. I, I know a lot of people forget that or, or don't know to do that. Um, I use apple cider vinegar. You said you guys use that for, for yeah. the kettle and fire recipe. Um, I've never actually used lemon juice. How does that change, uh, the, the cooking or the flavor profile? Yeah, so I have only had it once, to be honest. I just know that some people who are sensitive to apple cider vinegar, you know, they, they prefer to use lemon juice. So I can't really speak to that that well. It's just it's another acid that works that generally people are not allergic to. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I'm glad you brought up like fish, chicken, different types of bones. Um, what kind of add-ins, um, I can imagine, you know, you wouldn't want the same vegetable flavor profile with maybe a fish bone broth as you would use for beef. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Give us a couple of suggestions for, you know, different animal bone recipes. Yeah. So, you know, one, one recipe that people often like is they like a a rosemary, you know, maybe like a lemongrass with their chicken bone broth, you know, 
Um, oh, a lot of people, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, a lot of people with fish bone broth prefer kind of the, I guess I would call it Asian-inspired mm-hmm. type flavoring, you know. Uh, but, but truthfully, oftentimes people will just toss in vegetables that, um, that for, the, for the health benefits when they're making it because you don't really get a super, super strong vegetable taste in the bone broth after cooking it for you know, multiple hours. Right. A lot of times it, it doesn't add that much and instead they'll add spices to the broth after they're done cooking it because that's when you add it for flavor. Um, so you know, a lot of people add like ginger or turmeric or whatever it is. Um, yeah, just, just for flavor reasons. Okay. So now let's go cooking methods. Um, I said I use a crock pot. Uh, what do you guys use? Yeah. So when I make it personally, I use a crock pot. Uh, but at Kettle and Fire, we use these massive <laughs> steel kettles, as, as you can probably imagine. Right. Uh, you know, we have like paddles going to make sure that it stays moving because uh, if, you're, if you're cooking a broth for a long period of time, you know, there's kind of this layer of like fat that gets that rises to the top. And so if you're not continuously stirring the broth, then you just get this really goopy looking. <laughs> yeah, it's almost uh, like a film if you don't stir it yeah. too frequently, right? Yeah, exactly. And so we want to incorporate those nutrients into the broth. And so we have these big paddles going in this massive like series of kettles uh, for you know 24 hours, okay. um, which, is, which is cool to see. Have you ever used a pressure cooker? I have not, no. Okay. Okay. I haven't either. No, uh-huh. I know some people like to. Yeah. Yeah, I know some people like to uh, for convenience reasons because, you know, you can add, add pressure and basically it, it cooks slightly faster. Um, I think it cuts the cooking time about in half. Uh, but I, I personally don't, don't like to do that. Okay. Now, we talked about the importance of bones. Do you have favorite types of bones? Yeah. So the, the best bones that I prefer to use and that I think have the most nutrients are two types. So it's the marrow bones. And then uh, connective, so like joint bones. So knuckle, neck, um, you know, so we, we use knuckle, neck, and femur bones because they have the greatest concentration of collagen, connective tissue, and marrow. And so those are, those are kind of the three types that we use. Okay, cool. So would any vertebrae work well? Yeah, so in, yeah, in mammals basically. So when we say neck, I mean, like they're just, the they, they spine, all look yeah. like neck bones. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I should say spinal Spinal bones or vertebrae, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I know uh, when I get, we usually get a quarter of a cow every year, and I get nice. Uh, me too. The people I go in with, nobody else wants the organs or the bones, so I'm like, <laughs> I'll take them right <laughs> and, here. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't go towards my quarter. It just is like all the excess, and uh, totally. And there, there's a lot of vertebrae in there, so uh, yeah, th- those have so much collagen on them and, and all that connective tissue. So yeah, completely. Um, yeah, so that, that's why we use them. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, so so let's go to like troubleshooting now. Um, what are some common mistakes that, that people make and, and how can uh, people make a better homemade bone broth? Sure. So one of the common mistakes that we touched on earlier is not adding an acid. I mean, that's a very common one where, you know, people will not they won't add an acid and then you don't get the bones that break down as much and they drink kind of this bone soup that's like slightly bone flavored but it's not super appetizing and there's no film because there's no breakdown. It's just, it's not, a, it's not a great outcome. Yeah, it's almost like exactly what you said earlier where when you go to the store and buy like beef broth or, or something. Yeah. yeah. 
Completely. Yeah, and so so that's one that's one issue that people often have. Another big issue, especially when you're making chicken broth, is that people's broth oftentimes won't gel, and so that's that's a big concern because it means that you know not uh, a lot of the not a lot of the collagen broke down during the cooking process, so there's no, not enough gelatin in the broth to actually make it congeal. And so a big way to troubleshoot that, and one thing that we do is we also add chicken feet to our chicken our forthcoming chicken bone broth. Um, and so, nice. yeah, and so we add that because the, the feet especially are so, so gelatin rich. You know, there's so much that you throw it in and it's almost impossible not to have your, your broth gel if you're using chicken feet. Um, and we, we've in some cases had the opposite problem where we first tried experimenting with chicken feet and we're like, oh my God, this is <laughs> like this concrete. Is <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like this. This just isn't even appetizing. It's you have to pour it upside down and kind of scoop it, you know? Wow. Uh, so yeah. would, would one of the other issues with chicken just simply be that, that there's not as much fat in or on the bones as, as you have with beef? Yes, completely. And the bones are smaller and there's, mm-hmm. there's less marrow. And so okay. these three things contribute to, uh, you know, it gets a little bit harder to make a bone broth that gels if you're just using chicken, you know? Okay. Or with, with fish, also similarly difficult. And so a lot of people, what I'm seeing people start to do is kind of create blends where they use some beef bones, some chicken bones, some you know lamb, turkey, whatever, fish, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and then together, deer. yeah, deer, whatever, whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and then that'll, blend, that'll usually gel. Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of the the nose to tail and use every part of the animal. So as, as a hunter, uh, I'm going to make sure that... Uh, the deer bones don't go to waste. Do it. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how that is. I it's it's great. I've, I've done it before. Um, really? I, yeah, I've actually never made chicken or fish, but I, I do either deer or beef for mine. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any bones left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I could send you some, but no, I don't, I don't have any. So um, where are you? You're, you're in Colorado? Uh, San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, well, somebody on the Rocky Mountains has to have some deer bones. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home to Pennsylvania in about a month, so I'll, I'll okay. pick up some okay. deer hunt friends. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So any other like tips or, or suggestions that you normally see through the cooking process? Yeah. So you know, some people get hung up on, should I roast the bones or not, uh, specifically beef bones before they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, I think, is, is up to personal preference. There's some people that will tell you very strongly to go one way, some way. You know, some people will tell you to do the other. Uh, I don't actually think it makes a huge difference if you roast or, or if you don't. Um, is the thought process there just that it helps break down and, and release more into the broth? Yeah, exactly. And some people feel very strongly about that. I think that if you're roasting something for 30 minutes before and then cooking it for 24 hours after that, the bulk of the breakdown is going to happen in the 24-hour right. cooking process. And so you know, I don't think it makes a huge deal. Um, oftentimes, people will wonder, they'll, you know, they'll read about the health benefits of bone broth, uh, and they'll say, you know, this is something I want to try for myself. But they compromise on the bone quality, which is the one thing that I would not recommend compromising on, for sure. I mean, if, if you have a local Whole Foods or a butcher or whoever, or you know, even no hunters, you can oftentimes pick up these bones for you know a couple bucks a pound. You know it's not it's not a crazy expensive uh, lavish thing as opposed that 
you know, people shouldn't struggle to incorporate this into their diet financially. Whereas grass-fed steak or something like that, maybe a little more understandable. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I remember, you know, like you, you said in the beginning, when you guys first started looking to get bone broth, you looked online, nobody made it. But I think in your part of your story, you guys also struggled to actually find the right bones. Completely. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have advice this, for people, you know, who, who may not buy a quarter of a cow like us and, you know, how can they get bones? Yeah. So, you know, so for, as a company, this is still uh, a something that we're wrestling with because we're buying tons of bones now. Yeah. Um, but as, as, at the individual level, it's really not too difficult. Like if you have any sort of uh, local butcher or natural foods grocer that has a butcher shop in the back or you know, even a Whole Foods, oftentimes you can just buy bones from them for, you know, dollars per pound, maybe like two bucks a pound or something. You know, I, I talked to different ranchers uh, when we were starting out, you know, starting the company, and they were willing to sell us, you know, 100 pounds of bones once a month. This is when we were looking at our first batches. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were, they were willing to ship us bones for literally like a couple bucks a pound. And so, you know, and if you, if you use one pound of bones, oftentimes you can get you know, 16 ounces or like two, two servings worth of bone broth out of that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I, I see it as a really interesting and powerful health food, not only because of the health benefits, which we already talked about, but because it's not some crazy thing that you need to spend top dollar for to incorporate in your diet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's something that at its roots, it was, I guess, I mean, we did it because it was making use of everything we had and you know, Completely. There, there wasn't anything else. And Completely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's an amazing, one of the things that, that excites me about seeing bone broth come back, I guess you could say, is that there's a really amazing sustainability angle there where you're taking a product that is incredible for nutrition, for wellness, for health, that traditionally has just been thrown away. You know what I mean? They just cut the, cut the meat off the cattle and they just throw the bones away. And yeah, and that's, for, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's really, it's really unfortunate. It's really sad. That's part of the conversation we had with the guys at Epic uh, when Taylor was on the show. And it's, it's you know, like we already mentioned a little bit, that using every part of the animal uh, something else that, that listeners you guys can do if you go to the farmers markets for your produce or you get your meats there, find grass fed or or you know free range farmers for chickens uh, at those places and talk to them. And they may have disposable yeah. issues with the bones. I mean that was something that I always had success with is you know they're they're selling meat, but it's like hey, what are you guys doing with the bones? Um, yeah, that's and, a great idea. And if they can get a little extra money for those bones, you know. They're willing to do it. Less goes to waste. They get more money. You get bones. Everybody wins. Completely. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. Um, so then, Justin, let's let's go to like storage, servings, usage. Um, so we're finished cooking. We have this. Uh, it's been twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever. We're done. How do we take what we've made in our crock pot or pressure cooker and store it. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people like to use mason jars. You know, they're, they're pretty convenient. You can pour them into single servings, toss them in the fridge where they'll gel, put others in the freezer if you don't plan to use them in the next seven to 10 days. Uh, so, so that's one convenient way. Oftentimes you'll see people freeze large bags of them, you know, and just keep them in the freezer. And then when they want to drink it, chip some off, put it in a mug, <laughs> you know, or a saucepan or whatever, okay. reheat it. 
uh, I mean, I I find all those ways inconvenient, but I'm uh, so I, so I don't like to do that. I always, when I was making it, would make it fresh and just try and use it in the seven to ten day period and just keep it in the fridge. Okay, and you did that like in a mason jar or something? Yeah, yeah. So I would do I would do a mason jar or literally just pour it into a, a glass you know container mm-hmm. and then just kind of scoop out what I wanted if I wanted to drink it straight or use it in a uh, a recipe or whatever it was. All right, so that's going to be the next question: is is using it? And you know, let's say let's say we make it, we we drink a cup or a mug of it right away, but then all the rest of it is is in the refrigerator or the freezer. What are some ways that that people can actually use it or or, or consume it? Yeah, so I personally love drinking it straight. It it sounds really weird to people when you first tell them this because they're like, "Wait, are you, you're drinking meat juice?" <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. So. I think I, I like to start most of my mornings with it. Occasionally, I'll, I'll blend in some ghee or coconut oil, actually, okay. um, and just kind of have a like a bone broth power up drink. You know what I mean? So that answers my. Well, I was going to ask you if you've ever had the the bone broth latte. Um, yeah. So when I reheat or or drink mine, I sometimes I'll drink it straight, but a lot of times I'll put it like in a magic bullet or a blender. Yep. Just to get that foam or that whip and froth to it, and I just I think that's awesome. Totally, yeah, I agree. And so I, I like to add a little bit of ghee or uh, coconut oil, okay. and just and then yeah, like you said, froth it up. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else, another way that I like to have it is chili oil. So if you add just a couple drops of chili oil, yeah, especially in the afternoon, it's really really good. Okay, I haven't tried that. I'll have to do that. Try it for sure. Yeah, okay. and then. Uh, um, and then, yeah, and then occasionally I'll use it for, you know, recipes, cooking, or um, to add a little bit more flavor to whatever you're making. It's amazing in soups. Uh, but for the most part, I just, I prefer to drink it straight, although a lot of our customers cook with it. What are some recipes or, or maybe just dishes? You don't have to give us the whole recipe, but dishes that people would use it for. So anything with any soup mm-hmm. to start off is very easy. And then another thing is, you know, your standard recipe that says, one cup of broth or stock or whatever, replace it with bone broth and you're getting way more nutrients, a lot less of the bad stuff, a lot less sodium, mm-hmm. and the broth is going to taste better. It's going to be richer. You know, it's going to add a lot more to your recipe. And so I think I have just replaced broth and stock across the board with bone broth. Okay, cool. One of our very first episodes, we had Ben Greenfield on and he talked nice. about using bone broth for the base or the, or the stock in his paella. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, uh, Ben's a kettle and fire guy. Is so, he? Okay. Yeah. So right. He's tried and likes our stuff, which is cool. He's a natural stacks guy too. So we'll have to have a nice. party one time. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, the healthiest people in the world. Yeah. In the world. <laughs> we'll, we'll drink bone broth, take nootropics, and go do crazy workouts with Ben. <laughs> that sounds great, man. I'm in. <laughs> we'll do a giveaway, right? We'll, we'll have all of our, we'll get all of our followers and listeners on all three of our ways and we'll have, make it, I don't know. Would love to. I mean, I'm, I'm totally game. <laughs> All right. So you guys listening, you have to hold us to that. <laughs> um, all right. So then, uh, like servings, if, if you do the plastic bag, are, are there issues to me with, with the plastic bag? If you're putting a hot liquid that, that has a lot of fat, yes. Uh, yes. I, personally, I'm concerned about leaching and, and, you know, things like that. Yeah, I agree. So I don't use the plastic bag. Uh, some, some people do, uh, you know, a lot of the, Frozen companies ship in plastic bags, mm-hmm. um, so I, it's also a concern that I have. But um, you know, I 
I don't know. So I, I just always prefer to use glass Tupperware. I don't have plastic containers at my house. Right. Uh, and so I'll use either glass mason jars or glass Tupperware. So then getting away from personal use with Kettle and Fire, obviously shipping glass is, is not feasible. You guys are in a, a Tetra Pak? Yeah, we're in a Tetra Pak. And so we basically we use uh, our, our carton. So if you've, if you've seen it, you know, we use uh, all recyclable carton. We use, it's made from uh, wood pulp or recycled wood pulp. And then we line the inside with uh, polypropylene, which is tested to be basically the safest plastic. It's engineered to make sure that it doesn't leach, that nothing gets into it, so that when we pour a broth into it, you know, there's, there's no leaching, there's no chemical uh, secretion or anything like that. Okay. BPA-free? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. You got to throw that out there, man. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> your customers want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I know. I just... I'm very anti that stuff, and so right. like you, I, I don't I don't think of that as a marketing angle anymore because it doesn't. That's not even a concern for you. Like it was just whatever we do will always be BP. Yeah, BP it, yeah, you. exactly, okay. exactly. It All wasn't right. a question for whatever reason. All right, <laughs> but you're right, I should use that more. <laughs> um, so then, like serving size, uh, I mean, if you put it in a mason jar, is a full mason jar what 16, 12, 16 ounces? I mean, is that a serving? Is that uh, yes. So it's a good question. A lot of people like to do eight to twelve ounces at a time, and okay. so uh, you know, with with our Tetra Pack, it's sixteen point nine ounces. Generally, I get two servings out of that. Okay. You know, so oftentimes I'll have one in the morning and then one in the evening if uh, you know to help with sleep because glycine. There's some interesting research that shows that glycine helps with sleep. Okay. So if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll have one at night. Very cool. So then you know, I, I think like the the macronutrient profile. I mean, that's we talked about how maybe that's not the most important thing for, for long-term health, but it's obviously, it, it's a question that a lot of people have sure. and, and how do I fit this in? Um, it's, it's cool to be able to talk to you guys about that question because I know for labeling purposes, you have to have some pretty standardized numbers. Um, yeah. How are you guys able to make sure that each batch is consistent or do you have to change the label with each batch on that? Uh, no, it's, it's a great question. And so, Basically, under under ruling, you know, USDA, FDA rulings, you pretty much go through, you make it a certain way, and you say, here is literally like the logs of how we make our process and, or how we make our product. And so we make it in this way, we cook it for this long, we use these ingredients. And as long as your ingredients and as long as your sourcing and your process stay the same, the FDA and the USDA, they test it once and they'll say, okay, assuming you follow all of those rules, you can, that's fine. You know, like we'll, we'll trust you that those are the nutrients or that those are the nutritionals of your product. Gotcha. Um, it's interesting because that, that actually applies to us because we're doing USDA, we have a USDA approved product. A lot of other small food companies don't have USDA approved products because they're not doing large enough runs uh, or they, they fall under like a small business classification in which they can pretty much use homegrown nutritionals kits and say, uh, which are which are notoriously inaccurate and can kind of claim whatever nutritionals they want, and so this is a. Uh, it, it's interesting to see at the farmers market. You know, I was walking down one time and I was talking to another bone broth company, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, our our stuff has 14 grams of protein." I was like, "That's super high. How are you doing that?" You know, and uh, it turns out they were they were even using shorter cook times than us. They just were pretty sure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> use the janky homemade nutritionals measurement system. And right. so, yeah, so we, we just have to have that standardized across the board. Okay. Um, so what, what are the, 
macronutrients for, for a serving. You said two servings in a 16.9 ounce yeah. container of yours. And, and yep. a serving has how much protein, how much fat? Yeah, so about six grams of protein, uh, very little fat, and then so almost none. Uh, and then also very low carbohydrate, as you might imagine. Right. And then we also we don't add any sodium to ours. And so it has 240 milligrams of sodium, uh, but that's all coming from the bones themselves. And okay. so we, we add no, no salt, no sodium, nothing like that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I don't put salt in mine at home when I make it. Yeah. I, I don't think most people do either. So, you know, compared to, again, that store-bought um, broth or, or you know, yeah. uh, consomme or whatever you want to call it, um, it, it is far lower in sodium. Way lower. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. a lot of the store-bought stuff has a ton of salt in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very cool point. Um, all right, what else am I forgetting, Justin? Any any other like tips or, or pointers or? Um, I mean, I think that I think you did a, a really good job. To, you know, first off, uh, the the only other thing that I think is interesting, and this is this is less of a, a question, but more just something that I think is cool is seeing a lot of. It's so cool seeing a lot of people starting to incorporate this into their daily lives and into their routines as kind of a you know a performance enhancer or is, or something that can help heal a leaky gut or joint pain or whatever it is. Uh, and I think it's really cool to see a product that's starting to gain some acceptance and find a way into you know the lives of top performing people and health nuts everywhere. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think the the I don't, I'm not sure the right way to phrase it, but I mean, I think the the hard part or the biggest barrier for most people is, I think people, like you said, it's gaining acceptance. People understand that it's a beneficial thing. It's either making yep. it and acquiring it, um, but then the second part of that is like, how do I incorporate it in? You know, uh, I've got this thing. What do I do with it? And and I yeah. think it's it's just like you said earlier. It's weird for people to say, oh, just warm it up and drink it. Um, yeah, but but it really is. I mean, there, there's really no wrong way or wrong time uh, to to drink it or, or consume it. No, completely. I mean, we're finding a lot of our customers like to start their day with it, you know, and that's that's how I do it. It's it's such a a, a filling thing and such a you know, it's it's very tangible where you have a, a cup of tea or something and you're like, well, that did nothing, but I feel good, <laughs> right? You know, right? <laughs> Whereas you drink a bone broth and it, you kind of like. Feel that there's some nutrients, there's some there's some real stuff in there, which is which is awesome, and I I love starting my day like that, you know. So um, one other question that I wanted to ask: uh, reheating. Um, what's your preferred method for that? Uh, it depends. I mean, I'll use the the saucepan if I have time. Uh, otherwise, I'll use a microwave, um, which some people have very strong opinions out, uh, you know, uh, about. I've done the research and I've looked at it and. Personally, don't think that there are major harms to come from proteins breaking down in the microwave. But, uh, but you know, that's my own opinion. Right. So, for you guys listening, if, if you're not familiar with that argument, there are a lot of people who say that microwaving bone broth specifically breaks down. Yeah. It's proline, right? That's the amino yeah. acid in question, and, and it becomes toxic. Um, I mean, look, my argument for that is if proline is going to do it in bone broth, it's going to do it in any other proline containing. Food, yeah. not just meat, but any other proline-containing food. So, uh, but then there's a whole lot of people who refuse to use a microwave for anything. So, completely, yeah. Uh, and I, I think I, that's where where do you personally stand on the spectrum of a microwave, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't think it is a bone broth issue. I think it's a 
do you like microwaves or do you think they're the devil? You know, wherever you fall on that spectrum is probably where your bone broth habit is going to fit in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, personally, I put mine in the oven or on the stovetop. Um, just, yeah, um, just throw it I, I do too. It's just, if I'm in a rush, you know, I'd rather put it in the microwave and have it than right. not. You know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I wanted to go back to something else that you were, you mentioned. Um, Proline habits yeah, was, in the morning. Before that, um, hmm. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. So you're talking about how it's gaining popularity and, and it's being incorporated. Um, there is a bar in Portland, I believe, and it's called Broth Bar. I saw this in Paleo Magazine. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it called? Uh, salt and Time or something like that? Oh, really? That, that's, that may be a different one. I think the one I saw was actually just Broth Bar. Oh, shit. Okay, so there's... Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, this, this thing really is growing. And, I mean, the demand is there and, and you're starting to see all kinds of, uh, you know, supplies show up. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, I have a friend that owns a health store in Santa Monica, you know, in L.A. Mm -hmm. And their hottest selling product right now is bone broth. You know, I've... I've eaten at Brodo in New York, uh, and it, it, you're just you're starting to see it. I think take off. Like the we we literally sell our bone broth to the Los Angeles Lakers who drink it after the games for recovery, which is just nice. cool. <laughs> you know, I know uh, at one point their nutritionist was on Bulletproof Radio. Um, is it yep. still the same nutritionist? Um, Tim De Francesca. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Tim De Francesca. Yeah. He he's really into uh, this whole lifestyle and and. The, you know, way of eating. Can I ask how you guys set that up? How'd you get in contact with them? Or yeah, so uh, he found us. I mean, I think it was he saw us on Thrive or some promotion or something like that, and he reached out and was like, "Hey, can we buy some for the team?" Because you know, I've been I've been making it on my own, or you know, we have a team chef that makes it. But the long cook times and traveling, it, it, it's tough, and so. We want something that travels well that doesn't have to be frozen. And we're like, hey, that's you know, so that's, cool. So we're here for <laughs> that is awesome. So Kobe Bryant yeah. drinks your bone broth, yeah, or at least drank you it. Think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was slamming cartons of it before his last game, where he dropped sixty two. <laughs> that's 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 your marketing angle right there. Exactly. That's, that's your anti aging. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So Justin, where can our listeners get more of you or or find um, Kettle and Fire and pick up some bone broth? Yeah. So uh, kettleandfire dot com. Is our website. We're also Kettle and Fire on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, it's you know you can check out the website, get some bone broth, or if not, sign up for our email list. We'll send you a, a free cookbook and some other cool stuff just about the benefits of bone broth. You know, awesome. And like we said at the beginning, uh, you guys are going to hook Natural Stacks listeners up with a fifteen percent off discount. Um, we. You said it's normally eleven ninety nine a carton, so fifteen percent off of that. Are we giving them a coupon code, or is it through our link that we email listeners? I think we're giving you guys a coupon code. I would have to I would have to check with Jack on that. Okay, so you guys make sure you head to Natural Stacks, get on our email list, and we will blast out that email um, with the link and the coupon code uh, the week that this podcast airs. Um, we, we can set up a link too if that's easier. I'll, yeah. I'll ask Jack. Okay. Sorry. So, so if you guys are listening and you haven't gotten the email, check your email, 
um, or make sure you're on the Natural Stacks email list and you'll get that discount code uh, and you'll be able to get Kettle on Fire uh, bone broth delivered to your house. You don't have to deal with making it if you don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> we do that for you. We awesome. do the hard stuff. So, Justin, before we let you go, the question that all of our guests answer, your top three tips to live optimal. So, number one, uh, sleep. I can't say <laughs> it's such an obvious one. So many people struggle with sleep. And as far as sleep hacks, my, my best one by far uh, is just take 10, 15 minutes before bed to either meditate or read fiction. Those are the two things that across the board have had such strong you know, impacts for me. Awesome. Uh, the, second, the, yeah, this, the second thing for optimal wellness, stretching routine, I think is huge. Um, you know, for, for me, that looks like I have a little 10-minute morning routine that I do uh, where I get super stretched out and ready for the day. And then I end that stretch routine with my third tip, which would be have a healthy morning ritual, no matter what that is. Uh, you know, for me, it's bone broth, oftentimes with coconut oil or ghee, because I just find that walking out the door feeling like you've already made a, a healthy start to your day mm-hmm. makes it so much easier to not fall into the trap of like, oh, that cookie or pizza or like whatever your, whatever your temptation is. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff looks way worse when you are feeling incredible the entire day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, it's it's instant momentum or instant inertia in the in the right direction. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like if you get up and, and you were to do a workout first thing in the morning, you're a lot Absolutely. less likely to, you know, give in to temptation. Because let's face it, cookies and ice cream and pizza they look good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to have Nestle is- <laughs> Yeah, you you've got to have a strong enough reason to to say no, right? Completely. Yeah, and I find that there's a lot of advice, especially in the health space, that isn't super practical, like. Telling to someone to just eat paleo, they're not going to change their lives to eat paleo just because they heard one dude say it, you know. Right. But I find that if you can start the day right and give people an early win, that makes a huge difference. And, and all of a sudden, you're going through the day where you're like, "Oh, I don't want to mess up this good thing that I have going," as opposed to I have to stick to this really tough eating regimen, you know. You know, it's really what you just said is really interesting because you know when we talk about like coaching people and and getting people started in a transition you talk about building momentum quickly getting mm-hmm. an early win or seeing results the faster we see results the more likely we are to stick with something and i think that's that's intuitive and we think about it a lot on a on a longer transformation scale you know like if we can lose weight in that first week or you know if we can get stronger or get bigger in the first month then we'll keep lifting but you know, rarely do you see it broken down into get a, a victory within the first twenty minutes of being awake. Yeah, and and start every day that way. That that's I don't think I've ever heard the daily breakdown like that. That's really cool. Cool, it's worked for me. <laughs> awesome, Justin, you killed it, man. This has been a great show. You guys listening, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see. Uh, the video version of this, all the links and resources that we talked about, we'll break this video into segments so it goes just like a recipe might. Um, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the podcast, and please share the OPP with anybody in your life that would benefit from the things we're talking about. Um, you know, We all started somewhere, we all had some sort of support or education or, or assistance to get started on this journey. Uh, so think about who you know that would benefit from this share the podcast with them um that's all i got we'll talk to you guys next thursday justin thanks a lot man this was awesome thanks so much for having me man